0: Welcome to the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back yet again. We made it once more uh, to deliver the hottest fantasy football preview of all of them. I've listened to every last fantasy football preview that is available, including from the last 30 years, before they're even doing podcasts. (laughs) And this is the best one, even though we haven't actually finished recording it yet. Um, I've just decided. So anyway, uh, I'm your host, Dan, and I'm joined by Natalie, as always. Hello Natalie. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Are you feeling <laughs> are you feeling confident about the football season? Now it's finally upon us. It's less than 120 hours away
1: until what? the first game. Is
0: I it? I did I did the maths earlier on. It's pro- it's actually probably a uh, few than 118 now.
1: 119,
0: right. something like that. But yeah, it's coming really soon. Are you, are you excited? Are you worried? do you feel that you're going to finish number 1 in the rankings or are you going to be um resolutely in mid table
1: i'm extremely concerned about everything just generally
0: <laughs> wait wait <laughs> just generally in life yeah. or in okay go, go on let's let's do a little therapy session no
1: i don't think we need that
0: <laughs> okay well we were going to do a therapy session as I just decided, but I don't um, think
1: that would make for the greatest preview of all time.
0: But I guess we could just get right into the uh, the real football action. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at the analysis or email us if you have any uh, any questions to ask or, you know, just any celebrations uh, that you want to share with us for the the return of the mighty podcast. Uh, but we're <laughs> going to look at we're going to look at August as a whole because we have three weeks of football and then the. Well, you know the football does continue, but it's in an international break, which nobody really wants. But that happens after three game weeks, and we have to we have to find a way to deal with the struggles. Um, but yeah, we're going to look at all the players that um, that have moved clubs, or the players that are on the verge of moving clubs. There've been a few interesting ones since the last time we podcasted, um, and also look at some big teams and and like who who are the essentials that you need in your team. Who are some good value picks? And just how the hell do you, you start with a season when there's there's so much change? Fans are back, Natalie.
1: I guess the, the big takeaway is swearing is back. <laughs> <laughs> the muting of the crowd is back because swearing is back.
0: That, culture is back. Oh. Everything. That's, that's amazing. I mean, to be fair, there has been some swearing. It's just not been from, you know, random blokes in like random fat blokes without their shirts on. But yeah, we'll we'll start off with a little uh a little look at my team, the mighty Arsenal. who have a pretty mixed <laughs> I'm probably being generous when I say a mixed start. They start with Brentford away from home. They open the season, the official curtain raiser. Uh we always seem to get that one on the Friday yeah. night. And that's uh, you know, that's good. I like I like to see that, but it can end really badly and and when it does, you know, it makes for a pretty bad weekend. Uh, But we have, of course, signed Ben White, and he is priced very much as a Brighton player at 4.5. And Arsenal, of course, did have, I think, the third best defensive record last season. Is that true? But you wouldn't know it because we were absolutely terrible for like half a season. But yeah, in terms of goals conceded, we were pretty good. Uh, I think the flip side to that from a fantasy perspective is we really didn't keep enough clean sheets. Mm. Uh, we lost a lot of games 1-0 right. uh, or we drew like 1-1 and stuff like that. So basically we we <laughs> we did a lot of defending and not so much attacking last season. And I feel that the the um, it's pretty high on the agenda this year that we, you know, learn to attack. Score some goals. Score some goals. It's pretty important, you know, if you've got to finish at the top of the table or at least somewhere near it you do need to score some goals but Ben White is a pretty interesting one I think from a fantasy perspective the only real value you're getting here is that he is 4.5 and he's playing for a quote-unquote top six side personally I don't believe the top top six thing is even relevant I, I don't know if it ever was truly maybe for like one or two seasons but you know Arsenal Spurs Everton like all of these teams around that sort of area uh Leicester as well who are basically on the cusp of, of Champions League or have been for two seasons. I mean it's probably a top five until it cha- until I see evidence otherwise Leicester are in that bracket and uh Arsenal Spurs and everyone below are kind of fighting for scraps there and we'll we'll see how they get on. But yeah certainly a 4.5 for an Arsenal player is a good deal but when you have Tierney who is at 5.0 and offers a lot more attacking threat uh, you know, Arsenal played down that left-hand side an awful lot, especially after sort of Bellerin's, uh, Bellerin's decline over the last few years, his athletic decline, if not his his sort of technical decline. Tierney is really the player that we, we play a lot of our football through, and I think he, for an extra 0.5 million, you're probably getting better value there. Um, Are you interested in Ben White at all, Natalie? Do you think at, at that price he's a he's a good get?
1: yeah i think the value for him is good but i personally am not interested in arsenal players at the moment so it's a no a no from me but yeah i think he has good value
0: yeah and is that by any chance influenced by the fact that they after opening the season against brenton uh brenton <laughs> brenton I, I was like thinking of that, uh, that's exactly what <laughs> i was thinking of <laughs> For anyone who hasn't seen the viral video of the, the surely, dog called Fenton, surely the year
1: is twenty twenty one. People have seen that.
0: Um, but yeah, we we face Chelsea and Man City after Brentford, and you know I'm not gonna lie. Even as as a relatively optimistic Arsenal fan, uh, looking ahead to the season and feeling that we could we could do something at least uh, be significantly better than last season, I, I do feel that's a, a difficult start for Arsenal and mm. um, a four point five centre back signing is not really the guy you want for those first 3 games of the season even the Brentford one i have a feeling that could end up being a bit of a humdinger a bit of a high scoring game um and yeah yeah we shall see but while we're here on Arsenal i do want to bring up Emil Smith Rowe at 5.5 who personally i think is the bargain of the season uh if i'm looking ahead into uh, looking ahead at his potential on what he could deliver and at a price that really sort of fills out your squad. And especially if you compare the types of players he's in the bracket with. So, like, it's guys like Ruben Nevers who play a deep-lying central midfield role. Uh, Smith Rowe, he's been given the number 10. He's been on record talking about how important it is that he has more end product. He scores more goals and he gets more assists. And the manager, Arteta, has also said that. he plays high up the pitch. He's in the game against Chelsea. Uh, I didn't really watch the Spurs one today because I just wasn't interested. I'm I'm done with preseason. I was watching League on football <laughs> instead. um But in the game against Chelsea, like I couldn't help but notice every time Lacazette was dropping, Smith Rowe was the guy making the run into the box. He hit the post in that game. He he just looks so confident. Has had a really really strong preseason so far um So he is the player I'm looking at, and I'm thinking even if you don't rate Arsenal's chances this season, if you're gonna have a fourth midfielder in that sort of five point oh six point range, I don't think there's a better option out there. Because um, what what do you need for for a guy at that price range? Like what four five goals would be an amazing return for that in the season? I think he's gonna get more. I, I truly do believe that. Um, just his his ability to just ghost past people constantly and, and yeah, like I say, if he can turn that into goals, then he's gotta be a really, really valuable asset at a great price. Um and as I said in the beginning of this, like, Arsenal really need to score more goals. That is a that has to be like a a key tenet of this team this season and I'd be surprised if you didn't see a slightly more attacking version of Arsenal. And I think that's why Ben White was signed, because he is a much more, um, a much more comfortable building from the back. Unlike Rob Holding, for example, who just doesn't have a clue how to pass the ball. Um, and then a bit higher, a bit higher of a price. Uh, Nicola Pepe finished the t- the season really strongly last year, and I know people see him as a flop, but seven point five, that's a pretty good price for someone who is very much comfortably getting in that fifteen to twenty goals in this, uh gold contributions, let's say, uh, per season since he's joined Arsenal. I maybe wouldn't go for him for him from week one unless you are like really hot on Arsenal, but with those fixtures I just I don't think I can even justify it for myself. Um but I do think he's gotta be someone sort of, you know, three, four weeks in the season, we'll see how he's done and he might actually be a really, really good value pick for your team. Moving on, uh to the to the other side of the road. Let's look at Spurs you have just signed a young man called Christian Romero and he appears in the FPL selection as a 5.0 defender i i, I feel like i can already uh, tell how you feel about spurs because i feel like we talked about it last week but do you think there's any value in this guy
1: no i'd wa- i'd want to see the spurs men do the defending before i got any of them in hmm. but i do have more faith that they will do better defending Uh, with Nuno at the helm but Hmm. yeah I want to see it first
0: Hmm. yeah and he is a very highly rated guy came from Atalanta who are a team that I'm very fond of they're they're basically just renegades, goal fest guys like every game seems to end like 5-3 or like 6-1 or something super entertaining to watch He's gonna be coming into a very different setup with Nuno, who has been, you know, traditionally pretty conservative. Although he is looking to play a four at the back at Spurs, which I'm maybe a little bit surprised by. At the same time, I can kind of understand it because I think generally when you go to a bigger club, you are expected to play a more front-footed style of football, and Spurs are very much trying to break into that that upper. Uh, echelon of clubs but they do open the season with man city and i think even though man city have you know looked pretty bad yesterday but it was in a in a situation where they were playing a bunch of kids called like
1: who were all those children palmer who was that who are you who are these men it was subbing number 80 off for number 96 and i was like i've i've lost it here i'm afraid this is too much
0: yeah, honestly, as soon as I saw the players that were playing, I was just like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> this is so pre-season. It it looks ridiculous. And I just think with the the Euros in the in the summer and even the Copper America and stuff like that, it's just it's become such a uh such a mess for teams with a lot of internationals. Yeah. And
1: Yeah, we didn't mention the Copper America last week, but it is true that not many of cities first start like first team defenders were even available if any
0: yeah and i feel like pep is the kind of guy that would really milk that stuff as well and be like oh it's it's so difficult managing my club look we have all these players who are away <laughs> and they've just come back what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to field a, a team i have to put kids out there in the opening <laughs> of the premier league yeah uh, that that's probably going to be pep's five um and then he'll start like all of the good players and yeah Harry Kane will be starting against Spurs because they've somehow snuck him through the back door. Um, yeah, Spurs are really quite up in the air at the moment. I think they're a team you, you need to stay away from, probably. Um, I know that that Son is a guy that we should mention, but he's like, what, 10.0 now. And when you're opening the season against Man City, it's not going to be a goal fest, surely. Like,
1: Well, I might have put Son in my team this afternoon.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> you what yeah i am i'm very upset with you um yeah but man city who they opened the season against they you know they don't have the most amazing fixtures either opening with spurs then playing norwich which is excellent but then playing arsenal after that i mean it's a a mixed start and i do although city have kind of had arsenal's number in recent years they tend to be just like very comfortable one nils lately (laughs) since Arteta has come in anyway, where we've we've been a lot more solid defensively. Like, City haven't battered us in terms of goals scored, but they've just battered us in in possession and in mm. uh, in vibes. Um, they've just kind of kept us at arm's length. So I, I don't know if that would be a sort of game that I'd be looking for a, a big goal tally. But they have, of course, got the Grealish signing over the line. And I mean, we could speculate on Kane. It, it's hard to really know what's going to happen with
1: that. Like, I really don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, n- n- neither do I really. I personally like if I want Spurs to do badly, I want them to keep Kane because I think longer term that's a a worse situation for them than cashing in with with uh big money from selling him now. But, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But Grillish at eight million, I think we talked about him a bit last last week, and mm. I just think at that price, even if you're getting a guy who gets rotated, and I know there is a popular sort of um a lot of people seem to think that he will only play sort of 20 25 games and even for city man like i I just think that's crazy you don't sign a guy for 100 million who's largely talked about as as one of the best players in the in the country and play him for like 20 premier league games
1: yeah when you've signed him for 100 million as well
0: exactly exactly and he's okay, maybe if he'd come from the, the French first division and he needs some time to adapt, but this is a guy who's been playing in the championship and in the Premier League. Like, he knows how it works. Yeah. I I think at that price, um, I, I think basically what we said last week, what we landed on was his numbers haven't been great at, at Villa. I mean, they've been good. They've been fine. Yeah. But like, for 8 million in FPL, they haven't been like anything to write home about. They're, the kind of numbers I was talking about for Je- uh, for... Smith Rowe earlier the kind of numbers I want him to hit, um, that sort of five six goal mark like, that's what we were looking at previously for Grealish mm-hmm. but at Man City I- I'd expect him to do better than that. Um, so do you do you like him at that price of eight million? Is he a is he a must have or is he someone you got your eye on or are you avoiding?
1: I do think it like you said last week. I do think it is a good price for him at Man City. I. Probably just want to see him do it a bit more first, like I want to see him playing in the team a bit more. I was before I put son in uh I was looking at Maras uh hmm. instead I can't remember how much Mara's was. I don't know I want to say nine point five
0: i I reckon you're about right 9.0
1: oh yeah, so I was looking at Mara's and I thought, you know what I could. I could do it, and that feels a bit safer to me than Graylish. But I have nothing. I'm not basing that on anything. I've just decided.
0: Yeah, that's just feelings. Yeah, which is which is what football is all about, really. I I don't care about your stats. Give <laughs> how, how do you feel about this shit? Tell me. Yeah, um, um I, I wouldn't call Mara's safe by any stretch of the imagination.
1: No, um. But I saw something, or I heard someone say something and made me think, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's stick Mara's in y- YOLO. You let's know what, that, do it.
0: Yeah, that is so me. That Sometimes I just hear like one quote and I'm like, oh yeah, that, that confirms my bias <laughs> so hard. Let's go. Let's yeah. go, baby. Yeah, I, I kind of get that. Um, Mara's I have fond memories of because one of my good moves in the past few seasons was I got him in just on a whim. Because like I-, I needed someone and yeah. I needed someone pretty pretty like random, and <laughs> I went for Mares when he hadn't been an assured starter and he he scored like a hat trick and-, mm-hmm. and got like two assists in one game. I think it was against Villa actually.
1: Yeah, and I guess Sterling isn't back yet, is he?
0: So he is back, but he he didn't play yesterday. He wasn't in the squad.
1: and you reckon like would-, would Sterling start next weekend?
0: So this is where the risk is, (laughs) because I had Sterling in my team prior to my most recent draft, which was provoked by Grealish signing for City. Right. Obviously, Grealish and and Sterling, they were both at at the Euros together, but Sterling played a lot more. And I do get the impression that Pep Guardiola, you know, being the maximum troll he is, he deliberately played a pretty shitty team yesterday. And... It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Sterling go straight back into the starting lineup for for week one, especially knowing it's against Spurs and not just like a, you know, if they were playing Brentford like, like Arsenal are, I think maybe he'd give Sterling an extra week off. But especially knowing how City have really, they've really battered Spurs in recent years, but also lost a lot of games that they've battered them in. Um, particularly if you look at the xg numbers and you're you're a fan of that kind of stuff i mean spurs have often walked away with a two nil victory after having a 0.005 xg against against city and i think he's the kind of guy who gets in his head about that stuff so you probably will see a pretty full strength si- uh, side from city next week but also when you're talking about the start of the season it's really important not to gamble too hard and you can have maybe like one or two players who are who are sort of like, you're not certain they're, they're going to start. But someone who costs 11 million like Sterling, having him in on the first season at that price, sorry, the first week at that price, and not knowing if he's going to play, that's I, I don't know if that's a justifiable situation to, to begin the season with, especially when there are, there are good options. There are good sort of mid-range options, and you can kind of shuffle around after a couple of weeks um so so that's why i'm looking at Grilish more than anyone um and i think with you know spurs opening the season i don't really like the look of any of their defenders i i don't really know what their first choice lineup has got to be uh, besides diaz and yeah it's it's all a bit all a bit wild at the moment with with city but yeah i I do really like Grilish at that price uh, another one of the top teams, we've got Chelsea who opened the season against Crystal Palace and they faced Arsenal and Liverpool after that. So again, another top team with a, with a pretty mixed start. Uh, but they have just wrapped up or they're on the verge of wrapping up the signing of Romelu Lukaku, obviously previously at Chelsea many years ago. And uh, they didn't want him. They sold him off to Everton and now they're signing him back for like 115 million euros or something. Uh, or it might have been pounds, I'm not even sure. Surely all of this has to be decided on price, right? Like what is he gonna come in at? And is he gonna be value at whatever price he comes in at? What do you think that?
1: Yes. Whatever oh. price whatever price he comes in at, he will be value. Um yeah. and I am pretty set on getting Lukaku into my team. But not straight away. Hmm. Um I don't like their fixtures like this Arsenal and then Liverpool. And then after the break, they have like an easy one. I think it's like Norwich or someone. And mm. then they have two more horrible ones, which is very irritating because that's the point, like that fourth game week is the point where I'd probably want to get him in. Um, It feels like a good time. Yeah. Without nubbing anything, it feels like a good time. Um, But yeah, I am extremely interested and I'm trying to build my team so that I can just do a two-transfer situation where I can, you know, get rid of like an expensive midfielder and a cheaper forward, and then put in Lukaku and get a sort of more mid priced midfielder instead. Yeah. I want to I want to make sure that that is available to me when the time comes.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I like that as an option. So, like, what what sort of team structure are you going for for the start of the season because I I think this is kind of one of the big questions in how you start start off like how many sort of quote-unquote premium midfielders do you have versus forwards
1: uh well at the moment I have Salah and Son but Son literally uh exists to facilitate that easy ability to switch to Lukaku Hmm. and make another transfer at the same time That's why I put him in. So that that money is kind of tied up. So I can't forget about it and then do something else and then be like, oh no, I need Lukaku. Where's my money? (laughs) Like, I don't want to get into a situation where I need to sell Salah to be able to get Lukaku in. Yeah. And I guess this is the kind of thing that goes for anything. Like, I guess people would have wanted to do the same thing with, like, Kane last year. You, I like the to have the flexibility to be able to make a move like that without having to wild card or to get rid of players that i don't really want to get rid of
0: yeah yeah that's why i think it's really really smart in the beginning of the season to really not take any risks with your with your picks um and go for people who have been reliable in the past you you can have a few yolo picks for sure like you know if you're going to have lukaku as your yolo pick Backing him to go crazy against Palace, although I, there's a question mark over whether the deal even gets done before that fixture. It, yeah. It's pretty unlikely that he would he would start, or at least that's kind of the way I'm feeling at the moment. If if they get him in, you know, like tomorrow and and everything's cool and he trains for a full week, then there's no reason why he wouldn't start. But but yeah, I I think it's that kind of situation where it makes a lot of sense to build a really strong team for for the first couple of weeks uh, or, or just a A team of really reliable players and leave yourself that option to yeah to make a double transfer that allows you to sort of like rejig your structure slightly um and yeah the the premium forwards is a difficult one at the moment because I think you got Kane at 12.5 but I'm just not I'm not going anywhere near him at that price with the current situation with Spurs if he gets a move to city i'm still not even sure that kane is the one that i'd want there no. I'd, I'd maybe be looking at, at sterling then just because of the better value and and if we look at how kane played for spurs last season and what made him so good it was it was those assists he was getting for son mm. um more so than his goals necessarily and he did score a hell of a lot of goals but like sterling is uh his movement is you know probably Probably one of the top two in the league, top two or three in the league, if not the best, in terms of his movement off the ball. Uh the the place he falls down uh usually is on his finishing. But but yeah, I really, really um I I really don't like those like high priced forwards at the moment, especially when there's so much up in the air about them. And yeah, I, I think that's kind of a smart way to approach it, especially as he's coming from another league. We know that Lukaku can do it in the Premier League. He was yeah. excellent for West Brom, he was excellent for Everton um and to be honest over the past year and a half he's been probably my favorite player in the world to watch he's just i i I know there's like some debate about this in in sort of like the the stats community about people saying like oh lukaku has always been a brilliant player like what the fuck but my eyes are telling me that he went up a level at inter um, and there is some like anecdotal stuff about him, like changing his diet when he went to Inter. They found out he had a digestive problem that they hadn't noticed when he, he was at Man United, and that was causing him to sort of put on a lot of weight. Um, but he just looks a different player in terms of the amount of end product he has, and how he can just take the ball in the, in the middle of the pitch and just like shrug off three or four players and just run from one end of the pitch to the other and score. Um, I, I think his decision-making has improved a lot, and I think his his athleticism somehow has improved with age. Um, so, yeah, I think he has probably got to be a real standout pick this season. Uh, but Havertz, 8.5, I think is a pretty nice uh, nice price as well. He's a guy who didn't really start well last season, but certainly as, as uh, time went on, he, he started to show a lot of that end product that he's so highly rated for. And it's a bit of a high price for me, especially for a team who didn't score a lot last season under Tuchel. But he's certainly someone I've got my eye on. And uh, their defence, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about it. Uh, yeah, I don't really know who starts for uh, for Chelsea in defence at the moment. Um, I, You know, they did rotate quite a bit last season uh, at the back end of it and Mendy is really the only guy who seems seems completely nailed. Uh, so a good goalkeeper there, but 6.0 for a guy who barely makes any saves uh, and usually when, when there are shots on goal like against Chelsea, because they're quite quite dominant, they'll often end up in goals. So I, I don't really love that. Um, I'm more of a fan of the cheaper keepers. Uh, but another, another team who have been splashing the cash... But this time on a number of players is Aston Villa, of course. Uh, they got. A, I'm really actually liking the look of their side after after these recent signings with the the Grealish money. Uh, so they brought in Danny Ings, they brought in Emiliano Buendia, and they brought in Leon Bailey. These are all pretty interesting because of the pricing, really. I mean, Danny Ings is a guy that last week I would have looked at and I would have been like, mm, eight million. That's a bit of a lot. Like I know he does score a lot for. Southampton and he is like their main man but the the fitness has really been the issue with Danny Ings but just making that step up kind of changes my thinking a little bit on Ings he's playing with Buendia who's at 6.5 Leon Bailey who's at 6.5 these are two players who Buendia in particular has had really really elite level creation stats over the past few seasons And I know he did it. He did really well for Norwich in the Premier League, but that didn't necessarily translate into a lot of FPL points. And he did seem to fall out with um, Daniel Farker towards the end of the season and sat on the bench a lot. But he had a really, really phenomenal season in the Championship last year. And the question is, can he translate that again to the Premier League? And and are all of those great creation numbers and the shot numbers that he has, are they going to turn into goals and assists? I think at 6.5, you can certainly afford to take that risk, um, but Danny Ings at eight Do you think that's a? Uh, do you think that increases his value playing for a, a better team with with sort of good creators behind him now compared to I don't know James Ward Prowse and Stuart Armstrong?
1: I don't. I really don't know. Um, I do kind of still think it's a bit too expensive. How much is Ollie Watkins to he the same?
0: Seven point five.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm not sold on it. And I am, like, the biggest Ings apologist, but...
0: (laughs) Not fan, apologist.
1: Apologist. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm just not that interested. Like, to me, Buendia sounds like such a more interesting option. Um, I can't justify why, though. I just like the sound of it more. Um, But, to be fair... I think either option is good. I think Villa maybe have the best opening fixtures of the season, like Watford away, then Newcastle at home, and then Brentford at home.
0: Hmm.
1: I think are really good hmm. on paper. Um, yeah. So, so, I think whatever you do, it's definitely worth having an an attacker and a defender for Villa for the start of the season.
0: That Watford opening fixture. I mean, if you're got, if I was going to speculate. I would say that Watford have got to be the first team to sack their manager this season. Really? And yeah, and I could see an absolute hammering on that first day. Yeah. Because I, I just don't think they're that good. Could...
1: <laughs> I want goals in that yeah. game. That's all I want. Like, so I, spoilers, I've got Target and Buendia in my team. Target's on the bench hmm. because I'm expecting goals. Yeah. That's what I want. I've got Firminia playing because I think. He might do a goal. you never know. He could do anything, that man. Yeah. Uh he might <laughs> save a penalty at this point. But I might change that, I don't know. But anyway, I want goals. Yeah. The end.
0: Yeah. I uh, I'd agree with that. Um that, that well I'd agree with that um that demand, that <laughs> desire for goals. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really I really do like the um signings they've made because to be honest, like This is, you know, when I was saying that Spurs are going to be in a worse situation if they keep Kane than if they sell him, Mm. this is what I'm talking about here. Like, Villa have done absolutely the right thing in selling Grillish for a shitload of cash. A guy who, you know, didn't even reach double figures for goals in the past two seasons. (laughs) And they're selling him for $100 And they're replacing him with a guy, well, with three guys who could potentially chip in with five to ten goals each, maybe Mm. more um Danny Ings has hit double figures in previous seasons and it is a bit on the older side
1: Danny Ings was on for a golden boot like two seasons ago wasn't he
0: yeah he he's had a few like really standout seasons for sure and yeah like I say the problem with him has been his fitness yeah. and actually he hasn't missed so I saw a thing going around Twitter the other day that I I felt was a little bit misleading um and, and it's based- things on Twitter are yeah it's, I have a real like be in my bonnet about this stuff (laughs) be in my bonnet what 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 (laughs) kind of an old timey saying is that
1: Twining is now 70 years
0: old (laughs) this is the pandemic has aged me i didn't (laughs) i didn't socialize with anyone so like i forget how to talk the tweet was saying that he's only missed something like six games in the past two seasons and Hmm. while that is like factually true if you just look at the raw numbers. Yeah. A lot of the problem last season if you think back was he kept getting injured and then coming back and then having to come off at half time. Yeah. He he wasn't If he miss- even made
1: it till half time.
0: Yeah, and he made quite a few sub appearances. Yeah. And, and the problem with that is yeah, he may have featured in games, but the problem for him was he was getting injured and then he wasn't getting back up to top speed mm. and then he was having another one two game layoff. And then he was coming back, and he still wasn't at top form. So like that—that's more of a problem. It, it's more of a problem for you to have someone who keeps having little niggles and having to take time out and, and not getting back up to full speed than it is to have someone out for six months and then come back and then just be like playing straight for six months. Yeah. Um. So I think that's been the biggest problem with Ings. But this has been at least a, a season where. Most clubs have been able to have a proper, uh, proper preseason. Ings wasn't away with England, and you would expect him to go into the season sort of like raring to go and to prove himself at a slightly bigger club who are looking to do big things. And uh, I, I do want to mention Bailey as well. He's also at six point five. I mean, you have to go for Buendia if you're going for one of those two. In my opinion, um the reason I say this is just because Bailey has come in from the Bundesliga. It, it's famously a difficult league to to sort of. Well, not famously a difficult league, but I think a lot of players that come from the Bundesliga do take a, a fair a fair chunk of time to really adjust. And we can even look at Werner and Havertz and, and how long it's taken them to adjust. I mean Werner had something like thirty goals in the Bundesliga and he, he couldn't even hit the target in the Premier League. Um so there is gonna be an adjustment period for, for him. He was a player that was being linked with the real big clubs a, a few seasons ago. So he could he could be really great, but he'd be a risk to to go with on day one. And when you already know that Buendia can do it in the Championship and do it in the Premier League, I think he, if you're looking at a midfielder in that sort of price range, he is probably as close to a sure thing as you're going to get. Um, but I, I do rate Ings's chances to have a really, really strong season with those guys behind him. Um, it's much better than linking up with Shay Adams. And I really like Shea Adams. I think he, he had a really good partnership with Danny Ings. But his finishing is just really shit, to be honest. And behind Danny Ings as well, with you know James Will Prowse, he's a great player. He's not really a a, a real chance creator. You know, he's more of a crosser. Uh, and I, I mean, at some point this season, I'm gonna have like a ten minute monologue on how much I hate Stuart Armstrong because this is this is why I love podcasting. This is the 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 opportunity I have to really share my like really petty opinions. And I have some hella petty opinions on Stuart Armstrong, but that's not important for now. <laughs> uh, I'll wait until the season starts and he does the exact stuff I hate, and then I'll go on and explain why I hate it. Um, but yeah, like those are some really, really good signings from from Villa, in my opinion. And I would I would rate their chances of pushing that sort of like uh, those European places a lot higher than I would have a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just a quick one, Martinez. He's gone up in price because obviously he was freaking phenomenal last season and I think he just missed out on having the most clean sheets to Edison what do you think about his, his new price of 5.5 5. is that too high
1: 5.5 5. yes yeah, way too high man chill out yeah uh it's, it's yeah when when you can have a defender instead 4.5 uh do that i'm overpaying more than 5 million for a keeper hmm. i think Unless you've got Edison or Allison with a full fit defense, hmm. like I think paying more than five million for a keeper is a bad idea
0: yeah, and another like thing to add to that is that there is so much variance that that goes on in football, and all it takes is for like a funny deflection off of someone's ass, and the best keeper in the world can be beaten, and they've lost all their points. It just doesn't make logical sense to invest more money into the goalkeeper than like your defenders who can, you know, get up the pitch and score or assist or your attackers who, you know, can do nothing for 89 minutes and then have the one moment where they just put the ball in the net with a tap in or something. Like, Mm. I think it's always better to go for the uh, uh, to invest more money in the guys who can make the difference at the opposite end of the pitch. I do think that there is a, a strong argument for going with someone as good as Martinez. I mean, he has, ever since he left Arsenal, he has been on a on a tear, really. I mean, he helped helped Argentina to win the Copa America, and I think it was Messi's first ever international honours, apart from the Olympics that he's, he's wow. won previously, which is incredible to think of for, for such a decorated player. But he has really just, yeah, shot up in, in everyone's, uh, well, shot up in his actual performances and in everyone's estimation. And I do wonder, is he going to be able to sustain that again for another season? Is he going to have a slightly down season this year um, compared to to what he did last year? There's no way to know, but I just don't really want to roll the dice on a guy that's that expensive in goal, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's so difficult with guys like Salah and guys like uh, Bruno Fernandes being so, so expensive this year um yeah it's really difficult to justify for me but i mean if you really believe in in uh martinez and villa for this season like i say they have improved they've they've signed some really good players in attack um he could be value but just for me i i don't personally like spending that much money on a on a goalkeeper um yeah fun fun times uh okay so bad times for your football team This one. Your football team? Your FPL team? (laughs) Or everything. (laughs) Bad bad times for your life. Yeah, DCL, he's injured. It's all gone wrong. Calvert-Lewin, that is, for those who who aren't initiated with the DCL abbreviation. (laughs) Everton, as always, they've started, or or they begin the season with the best fixtures on paper of anyone, potentially. But they do this every year. (laughs) And I think we may have mentioned this last week, but like, I have a real a real hard time knowing how to evaluate Everton because everything suggests that they should be a pretty decent team. They should be good defensively, they should keep clean sheets, they should score a fair amount of goals. But it just never seems to come to fruition. And now DCL's uh, injured. What, what are we going to do? Can we even can we seriously look at Everton for these opening games with Southampton and Leeds and Brighton to begin with?
1: No. Not now. Get rid. Just chuck them all out. It's not worth it. I don't, you know what? I don't know. Maybe defensively, there is, there's something there. Like, I put uh in our silly little analysis team, I put Holgate in just because he was 4.5 and I liked the system that I was creating. Um. So I don't know. Maybe for men priced like that, Maybe these fixtures are interesting, but generally, no. I d- that's it's crazy. They're not going to score any goals without Calvert Lewin, are they? Who scores goals? I don't know. None of them. Um, <laughs> what's his name? James Hammers. Him. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to leave. Has he not said? So he.
0: What he actually said was he wants to go somewhere where he is loved.
1: Right, so he's off. he's gone rest <laughs> in peace. he's checked out. He's pietting all over the place. It's not worth it. It's not worth the the time. I don't think those men uh it's a shame, but a reality
0: <laughs> yeah, just a, a persistent reality for everton, I guess, like mm. so much hope, and then just one thing shatters the entire
1: but who knows entire... Andros Townsend might go in and slay. <laughs>
0: Andros Townsend is the prototypical maximum four goals a season. <laughs> him midfielder. and Takure
1: together, you never yeah. know what could happen.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what? Ducure is a player I really, really like and really rated. And I, I love
1: Takure. I've
0: been so disappointed with how it's gone for, for him at Everton. He just, I mean, he's been fine individually, but <laughs> they just haven't improved. And it's like, one of these days it's going to work. I, I am hopeful for Rafa Benitez. Obviously, they're one of the clubs who... Who are going to have a a new manager sort of situation going on there? I don't want to call it a new manager bounce because it's at the start of the season and
1: yeah, it might be a plateau.
0: We just don't know. I mean, I do rate Rafa Benitez very highly, and he is a manager who has been known for his pragmatic and and mostly defensive football. But then it's still Everton. Like, what does does the experience of being Everton become? <laughs> not no longer the experience of being Everton if Rafa Benitez comes in it's like two the the the, oh god what's the phrase the the
1: immovable object and the
0: unstoppable force yeah it's they just (laughs) collide and nothing happens I I don't know (laughs) I don't know but I am I do have my eye on uh on Luca Dean because I feel like you know it's the start of the season come on like it might work. It might work this once. I think he's priced at 5.5, and I, I do love him as a player. Uh, is Calvert-Lewin, is he definitely going to miss the first game? Is that confirmed? Like I don't confirmed? know. Uh,
1: he picked up a toe injury uh, recently. Yeah. In the last few days.
0: Yeah. And they open against Southampton. But yeah, I mean, at 8 million, you know, Danny Ings. Just go for him yeah, instead. That's it.
1: At this point in time you're better off just getting a man who you're more certain is going to start
0: exactly exactly for the first game of the season and uh, you know Everton did not for as good as Calvert-Lewin was they very rarely scored more than one goal in a game last season so Mm -hmm. like what's the worst case scenario like maybe a 1-0 win and he scores in it or maybe a 2-0 or something like I wouldn't be too worried that you're going to miss out on loads for the start of the season. And lest we forget, everything is freaking crazy on the first game of the season anyway. Yeah. So so does it even matter? I'm not so sure. Um, but I will be watching Everton intently. I think they're a team to look out for in the in the coming weeks. Let's let's see how they start the season. And I think Leeds and Brighton will be quite interesting tests for them. Mm. Southampton are another team, actually. We're not talking about them on this podcast, but they are a team that I... I highly rate their manager. I hope they can spend the Ings' money well, and um, I think they should have a better season this year. Just just knowing that they they have a week between games and and proper training and rest time, um, but their squad is pretty poor, <laughs> and, and they really need to yeah bring in some some higher quality players if they're going to have a decent season. Um, but yeah, Everton are, are, are certainly a team where you know wait and see is probably the the best the best uh, course of action just for now. Um or maybe go with one player from their team max. Oh, Jordan Pickford we should mention. Um I'm not did, interested. Did you did you see though? Did you see what he did against United?
1: No, I didn't see anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, okay, so uh, I'll briefly describe it to you. Basically, <laughs> the ball went into the box. And you know, like goalkeepers do that thing where they slide on the ground and they just, you know, smother the ball. Yeah. They just pick it up. And it's really routine for a goalkeeper. It's really easy. Yeah. Well, he did that and he just kind of bounced it off the floor and it, it went to Greenwood, who was oh, just standing the there and he put it in the net. And it was like, it felt very, very much to me like Pickford was saying, I'm home again. <laughs> it's it's time to be the real me. <laughs> that,
1: that, this is what I thought was interesting. Like, I don't know where I heard this, but. Someone was saying that, you know, after the after the Euros, like Jordan Pickford is really gonna be looking like he could really be an asset, mm. like for fantasy football. Like, we, let's believe he can really do it. He's really, <laughs> do- and let's I was like, <laughs> he's still gonna have small arms. Like, nothing is gonna have changed. It's he's gonna be the same Pickford for the same Everton. D- d- don't worry about it. Just think about something else.
0: It is the experience of the Everton. That's yeah. what it is. It, it, yeah. You can't fight it. You can't stop it. <laughs> it comes for you. No matter how good a player you are.
1: I wonder if he'll ever leave. Because he's been there for ages, right?
0: Uh, not not too long. I, I, maybe four, oh. five years. They signed yeah. him for big money. Um, Because, c- yeah, it was at Sunderland before that. And they signed him for like 35 million or something. Mm. But he hasn't... It is so strange to me because I do, you know, what you were just saying. Then I, I largely kind of agree with that that sort of narrative in, in concept, but like the fact that he goes back in one of his first preseason games, he's fumbling the ball and giving it to Greenwood for a tap in. Yeah. On, on what should have been a routine, uh, recovery. Yeah. You do wonder, like, is there something about that environment? Is it uh, does he feel less challenged there, or or are we just reading too much into it and actually? He's fine. It's I mean, it is a preseason game. And one thing I did want to say, should have said at the top of this podcast, really, preseason is so meaningless. Like, I I, I see so much on my on my Twitter timeline of people going absolutely freaking crazy about preseason performances and so and so's not scored yet and this and that. And it's like it's fitness, man. It's practice. Like yeah. who cares? Like as soon as the season starts. The, the the example I saw the other day that I really liked it was like arsenal in the invincible season like they lost to some austrian team that i've never heard of before 2-0 like they drew with some other like lower league team and then they went on and and won the league and were unbeaten for the entire season like your pre-season results do not matter and i'm Mm -hmm. sure the more experienced players they go into those games and they're kind of just like yeah, I'm just running around and like playing for fun here, and yeah. then when it comes to, you know, these points actually mean something, that's the time to turn it on. Um unless we forget Arsenal under Unai Emery beat Real Madrid and Bayern Munich in in pre-season and then went on to bottle the uh the Champions League qualification. So uh, actually, I think that might have been the season he was sacked. So we actually yeah, had our worst season ever after that, so you know. Uh Man United though, However, thus, have signed a big man in Sancho. He's not that big. I think he's probably about five eleven, but he's a big man <laughs> in stature within the game. He's a, a very exciting player. Unfortunately, we have absolutely no idea if he's going to start the season. He's nicely priced at nine point five. But can you realistically go with this guy for the first game of the season when he missed the preseason friendly this weekend? I, I he wasn't in the squad, right? Am I correct in in that correct. assertion? Yes. Yeah. So so. Sancho, very exciting. 9.5, brilliant price. For me, such a great alternative for... Na- to, uh, <laughs> such a great alternative Fernandos. to Fernand- Fernandos. <laughs> uh, Fernando. I'd, I would love Hernandos right about now.
1: Oh, let's get it.
0: Great alternative to Fernandez in terms of value, potentially. Uh, but, like I said earlier, it's coming from the Bundesliga. This is a guy who's never had a start in the Premier League. Despite uh, joining Dortmund from Man City previously, it's probably a bit too much of a punt for the first week of the season for me, but they do start with some very, very nice fixtures, Man United, with Leeds, Southampton, and Wolves. Do, do you think. Surely the option is just to go for Fernandez here, right? And wait a couple of weeks and then maybe do the transition?
1: Yeah, if you're looking at big money men, definitely. Hmm. Yes, I agree. But now I've seen greenwood and that's what i want uh, <laughs> so that's where i'll be going but um yeah if you've just got money to to burn definitely
0: i guess that's a dice roll to me though because basically it could go one of two ways it's like
1: as all things can
0: so cavani is another guy right at 8.5 and he wasn't in the squad either for this this fixture correct or, or so i hear, and i would I would think Cavani would be the first choice striker for Man United this season. Um, Martial just hasn't really cut it there. Rashford is very much a left-sided guy. That's where he and
1: he's injured anyway. And well, he's, he's at... getting his operation. Oh,
0: you're right. Yeah, no, I forgot he's missing the start of the season. So yeah. that that makes Greenwood make sense. Okay, cool. I'd forgotten about Rashford uh, being injured. I, I guess like for me, it, it really has to be Fernandez to to start with. I wouldn't risk it on Greenwood, even though he has been consistent. At 7.5, you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at guys like Buendia. I'm looking at uh, Smith Rowe, Pepe, Mm. you know, guys that I know are totally nailed.
1: I'm Um, happy with these fixtures, which I really like the look mm. of. I'm happy to (laughs) have a punt on. Take take a punt. I'm happy to take a punt on Greenwood.
0: Yeah. Because I, I
1: don't, I can't really afford anyone else.
0: Mm.
1: At the moment, I kind of yeah. can, but I don't want to.
0: I, I think this has got to be one we we're, we're going to have to look out for, like the rumors and the team news. Um, I don't know if they've got any more preseason friendlies before the season. Fernandez is just obviously the if you're worried about rotation at all and you want to mm. benefit from because c- of course Leeds is the game last season. I c- can't remember the exact score, but it was something like six one or something to United. This is a game that you might want to have at least one or two united Mm. players in and and that start of the season is really nice for them so luke at 5.5 i think is a no-brainer to me he is a guy who who's just come back from england england camp uh well from holiday um but he went straight into the team for for the preseason friendly against everton and i think you have to assume if he's going straight into the team for the preseason friendly he's going to start the season because they don't really have other options uh, for left-back besides, I, I think, Brandon Williams, who can kind of play there. But, like, if he's fit and ready to go, he's got to be a really important player for, for Man United. He really, really improved last last season. And he certainly got in a lot of good positions towards the the latter half of the season and uh, racked up a, a nice few assists as well. So, so, yeah, I think he looks, probably, of the defenders in the game, currently looks like the best value uh, in terms of, like, price. Uh, versus like the team he plays for and and his potential for points. We have West Ham on here on our notes, but we have no players listed below. Yeah, <laughs> no. I
1: put West Ham here because I quite liked their fixtures. Hmm. Um Newcastle away, Leicester at home, Crystal Palace at home. Hmm. Um and obviously West Ham did very well last season. But I did want to flag that they will obviously have European football. I don't know when that starts. Maybe I should have looked at that, but I haven't so there we go we'll just have to run with it um so i just i wanted to uh raise caution i don't know if that's a phrase but it is now uh that even though the fixtures might look all right maybe you'd want to balance your team so initially i had antonio and sou in my team and i've taken antonio out because i'm scared that he's just going to get injured because he'll have to play too much football and i don't like that
0: yeah and that's really why west ham should hurry up and sign eddie and ketia
1: oh give, is that what give they're us some money
0: uh they always get linked with him oh. <laughs> i don't know if they actually want to buy him but i'd like it if they did it yeah, I I feel you. I think the European football doesn't start unless they have qualif qualifiers. I don't think it starts. Uh, surely until... they'd
1: be straight in, no? West Ham. I they can't remember enough to be in.
0: I, I can't remember where they finished. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Fifth or sixth, that was something like that.
0: I, I don't think they come until after the first international break. So I think you will be fine there. But but that is for the season. It is something to consider. And I think yeah. often teams really do struggle when they have they go from having no European football to having to play European football, it does often have a, a negative impact on their league form, especially the games that they play directly after a, a, a European game. Um, maybe the ones, you know, just in the general season, not so much, but also you you have to think about the, the load in terms of the amount of games they're playing. Like, that is going to have an impact. So I, I'm with you on Antonio, like, kind of being a bit of a risk. I, like, Newcastle, Leicester and Palace for the first three, pretty pretty good fixtures I guess but I don't really know like are West Ham going to be as good as they were last season I mean they didn't really have a whole load of amazing FPL options besides I think Crespo and Sufau were pretty good Suchek, I think in the long run had a good season but like towards the end of the season he didn't really score at all did he it was a lot of his goals seemed to come in the earlier part of the season um and Antonio was quite frustrating actually I, don't, I I just have this memory. I, I mean, maybe this is a bit of recency bias, and maybe he'll he'll be better coming off of a a preseason, um, a preseason break. But like, I just have this memory of Antonio just looking like he doesn't know how to control the ball, and doesn't know how to control his limbs because he's so freaking big. Yeah. Um. A- and yeah, I just expect him to get injured again really quickly and be really like hot and cold with his form. So. He's a guy that I'd probably look to get at if I start to see those signs of him like putting everything together. And I don't mind missing out on a few goals if they do come because I think there are better options out there. And uh Liverpool are, of course, Van Dyke is back. He played today. He started the game. I took him out of my team last week because my Liverpool supporting friend was like, oh no, you can't have Van Dyke. He's not going to start the season because like he was injured and stuff. And I was like, y- what? Sharp, but then you know he said trent has had the trent alexander arnold has had a whole pre-season he didn't go away with england because he got injured of course and i was like oh damn it okay fine i'll change it to him and then i see van dyke starts today and i'm like bitch you lied to me he said he wasn't gonna play and now he's starting games so i am going to have van dyke 6.5 good good price that is the price that i'm willing to pay 7.5 for trent get out of here it's outrageous.
1: You could do so much with that amount of money. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. It doesn't and I'm saying that as someone with Robertson in their team. Um it's nuts. But anyway, also Robertson now injured. Uh no one knows how long for yet. I guess we'll find out in the next day or so. Um but I think we can fairly get like we can sort of guarantee that he won't play this weekend. So I'm done over it over over Liverpool. Uh mm. I might get a Man City defender in for fun.
0: Yeah, um, but Liverpool do start the season against Norwich and we know that when they play Norwich, every single one of their outfield players scores a goal. So can you really... But might also score a goal. Yeah, but like, that's fine if Van Dyke scores a hat-trick, you know? Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... So that's kind of where I'm going with this. I'm mm. expecting an absolute goal fest. I'm expecting potential goals from corners, which would, okay. of course, make the value of Trent somewhat higher as their uh, set-piece taker.
1: Two questions. Who plays, like, centre-back alongside Van Dijk? Gomez?
0: Oh, man, it is so hard to say. Because uh, they've just signed Canate, who is okay, a very good defender right and pretty much the same as gomez but just like less injury prone i think
1: where's he come from
0: uh from rb leipzig so okay. he's one of the guys along with upa who who played for rb leipzig who have been like extremely highly rated people who play fifa and like football manager will know all about them uh very athletic very sort of like front foot defenders who are very pacey very like good at reading the play and uh, good at sort of building up play as well there is a a question mark for me over like who the the starting central defenders are i think the ultimate sort of pairing will be van dyke and kunate but i'm kind of thinking again for the first week of the season you have to go for the nailed on guys and that for me makes it Van Dyke or, or Alexander Arnold. They have to be the picks. And to be honest, even though like I am personally saying I'm going for Van Dyke because of the price, I think a lot of people would probably be reacting to me saying this and being like, Well, why don't you just go for Alexander Alexander Arnold then because he has like no competition, whereas Van Dyke uh, has Konate, who they they've just signed for big money, uh Matip, and Gomez like there are mm. three options that can play there and it could be a um I have previously also said that you should not take preseason seriously so van dyke starting today could potentially mean nothing um but i think i you know i have bench options that i wouldn't mind coming in i i always find it hard to actually pick my team which uh is is a bad process for me because i always get it wrong by <laughs> i always get at least one player wrong but yeah, I think for me it's it's just that price, you know? I know that Van Dyke will be starting eventually and I don't wanna have to card like two weeks in. I, I don't mind doing it eventually if I, I if I have to, but I don't wanna set up my team in a way that I know I'm gonna to wanna to change a few weeks down the line and you know, having Van Dyke rather than Alexander Arnold is the difference between me having like a four point five defender that I don't want versus uh having like Luca Dean in my team who I do want and I wanna have that option also be able to rotate him with other good players if, if Everton do, you know, go all Everton for the start of the season. So that's kind of my, my logic behind it. But it is a shame about Robertson. He's obviously a very important part of that defensive unit and also important in their attack, which I, I wonder if that does sort of boost Trent's value a little bit, if they look to attack a little more down the right-hand side, knowing that Robertson is out. And uh, the early suggestions seem to point to it being ligament damage, which you know, we keep them out for at least a, a good few weeks, uh, at least until the international break, probably. So, all right, I was going to talk about some notable other teams as well, like Leeds, uh, mainly just because of Rafinha, actually, and Bamford, who are obviously pretty good uh, pretty good players last, last season. Uh, Rafinha at 6.5, pretty nice, but they start with United, Everton, and Burnley. And I just can't, I don't know, how, how are Leeds going to be this season? I mean, they had a, a good season last year. I don't know. And those are good players, but I just, I hate the price rise. I hate it. I mm-hmm. don't want Bamford at eight or whatever he is. He's way too yeah. expensive.
1: Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, I just,
0: don't it just feels wrong. Anyway, let's look at our teams quickly, uh, or our current teams. Uh, do you want to go first, Natalie, and talk us through your, your rationale? Like, who, who's good, who's bad, what's going to
1: change? Going against everything I've said. I've got Pope in, and I've just seen that he's 5.5 but I can't not that's my problem is I have to have Pope and Dunk it's the only uh it's the only thing I ha- I must I must keep true I must stay true to myself and have uh have those two men and I've got Gaeta as my other keeper uh at 4.5 I think that's a really good price still for him
0: it's amazing he's yeah. always been over 5 million he, he for me is like at 4.5 it's just an amazing price yeah. You almost have to do it. Like, unless you're going for a 4.0 backup, like, mm. having him just makes so much sense. He He's just a really good goalkeeper. And he makes a load of saves.
1: Yeah, defensively, I've got... So I've got Dunk, obviously, he has to stay. That's it. He lives there now. Um, Is he still five? Yeah. Okay. It is a lot. But top goal-scoring defender in the league last year.
0: Yeah, he does. He does always have that. That is a, a good bonus for Dunk.
1: Um... So there he is. Uh, then Robertson getting rid. Uh, yeah, like I said, I guess I'll probably put a City defender in there. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but I'll try and tie money up so that I can switch to a Liverpool defender. Or maybe I'll put Van Dijk in. I don't know, but I want money tied up in an expensive-ish defender in case of emergencies. Then I've got Target, Souffal and Femenya. At the moment, it feels like I can rotate all of them as and what I need, like well, one thing
0: I would say that I realized last week after we like talked about how good um Semenya is, mm. is that he is actually uh, currently injured, even though it doesn't actually say on FPL. It didn't
1: say when Dunk was injured either.
0: Yeah, so basically he's he should be ready for the start of the season. I but mean, there's an element of doubt.
1: I don't think I'm starting him. Maybe yeah,
0: well, that's it. Like if you don't, if you don't um. If, you're not, if you don't need him, it's fine. You know he, yeah, he'll be especially back.
1: Especially at four point five, it doesn't matter if he's just stuck on the yeah. stuck on the bench. It's not a problem.
0: Yeah, he'll be back early on. But like I um I just heard that he's fighting a battle to be fit for the uh, <laughs> beginning of the season.
1: The war against illness. Yeah. Um. Then my midfield. So we've got Bouna and Sar, who are like and Salah, who that's it. They're staying. Uh, I've got Rafinha. Because I feel like everyone does.
0: Which actually I'm kind of surprised about.
1: <sighs> I put him in a really long time ago before I looked at fixtures. Yeah. And I don't have any other Leeds players at all.
0: Yeah. Like, I rate, I rate Leeds and I rate Rafinha. Um, but I didn't feel like he had a, a really great finish to the season. And I think there are so many players emerging in that sort of, like, 5.5 to 7 range. That yeah, so better. I think
1: what i might do so where then i have i just put son in before we started but what i think i might do is do greenwood instead and then maybe pick like a nine million ish man i don't know if there are any
0: in in midfield yeah yeah I, i think that makes sense you have like a better distribution of funds because we haven't really talked about this a lot but like having a player that fits a slot of like a certain price range is a really good way of like doing that sort of thing you were talking about earlier of only needing two transfers to, like... Yeah. You, you don't want to have to turn a 4.5 into a 12, right? You, yeah, exactly. You want to have, like, an 8 and a 10 or something that you can can sort of, like, mess about with. Yeah. um So I think that makes a lot of sense, having someone filling that sort of, like, higher slot.
1: Uh, and then up front, I've got Tony, which I'm happy with. He's staying forever. Um, Ian Acho, which I'm a bit on the fence about. I don't, I, d- mm. I don't, I don't, know. Yeah. He didn't, uh, it's only, I don't feel, I don't know because he didn't start yesterday. Hmm. Um, who,
0: who did start yesterday? Vardy. Uh, up front. Was it, was, did Dakar start as well or did he come? I have come? no
1: idea. I don't know. Um, I wasn't really paying that much attention.
0: And I heard that Leicester were pretty good and, and Pats and Dakar looked pretty good. I don't know if he started or he, he came on or what, but like, he um he sounds a really interesting option to me from Leicester. Obviously, another new signing. I think he also came from Leipzig. Let me just see how much he is. I know he's a forward, which is interesting because I think he's more of a sort of winger type. But yeah, he's 7.5, so same price as Ian Acho. and is apparently very, very fast, <laughs> which oh. is which is always good. So yeah, he, he's one to look out for as a potential uh, forward option a few weeks into the season, maybe.
1: And then my third mid, uh, sorry, my third forward was uh, calvert Lewin, but obviously he's got to go. I d- yeah, I'm not confident about that, and I don't want an eight million man sitting on my bench. So yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Do you have uh, any
0: candidates yeah. for for who you're bringing in for your uh, chopping block guys?
1: No, to be quite honest, I don't. Mm. You know what? I would really like Chris Wood.
0: Yeah i mean, <laughs> what's we... this
1: situation i need to call someone up and find out if he's back
0: who are Banley playing um brighton uh, that you know it could be interesting because uh, brighton i know they're facing quite a few injury problems at the moment yeah but you see it the other day da- <gasps> oh what
1: you know who it is you know who gets in Oh we didn't talk about it and i meant to write it down and i forgot callum wilson
0: callum wilson
1: yeah okay
0: interesting
1: in newcastle west ham now. Yeah, I uh, don't know.
0: You know, I have a real blind spot for for like any Newcastle players.
1: Yeah, me too, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think we're the masters of our own downfall.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I'm so biased against them because they are a team that just do not create chances. They're pretty boring to watch, and sometimes Callum Wilson just scores. And I yeah. I, I had there was like an interview with him the other day. I I think I might have heard this on the football ramble actually. Um. Where they were talking about him just not caring about like how he performs, like all he cares oh. about is like scoring a goal. So like oh. if if he misses the ball every time it comes to him and like falls over and just has a rubbish game, he doesn't care as long as like at some point the ball goes in the net off of him, in, in any which way. And I I kind of think that sometimes like especially in modern football analysis, like it's very easy to get really really get really in the weeds with all of the sort of um, the stats and the chances created mm. and the, the, the nerd stuff and like teams who are more dominant when actually sometimes they're just players on the pitch who just like want to want the ball to come to them and, and like get it over the line in any way they can yeah and don't care about actually playing a good game so I, I do think Wilson you know probably a little bit underrated by me in terms of his potential how much is he 7.5 no
1: 7 either 7 or 7.5 I don't know
0: Seven would be. Uh, I'd feel psychologically burdened by a seven point five.
1: Yeah, he's seven point five, oh, and
0: he's seven point five. I'm psychologically burdened. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't mind. I don't uh, because then he can quite easily. I've got absolutely no ties. He can go for Lukaku when I want Lukaku in.
0: Hmm. <sharp inhale> sort Yeah, yeah. He's he's a good player. Um, and of course the Willock deal is going through. By the looks of things, uh, fee is agreed. So Willock could be a pretty good option uh for a midfielder he obviously had a really hot streak at the end of last season and funnily enough i did not even i mean i, I checked out by the end of the last season to be honest i didn't really care what was going on but he's he's a pretty good price uh he's what um 6.0 look. that's mm. another player like if he's going to newcastle and he's starting every game and he does he is a player actually maybe more so than callum wilson he just has a knack for being in the right place at the right time. Like he's pretty bad at passing. He's his decision making is often terrible, but like he will get goals. You know he has to be a, a consideration there. Um, the only problem is I, th- I think there's so much value in that sort of like five point five to seven million price range that it's hard to get all of the players that that would fit. But that that's kind of why I'm down on. Um, matey boy uh rafinha because there are other players that, that seemingly have better fixtures there yeah. i guess i should talk about my team i'm just gonna Please. run through it real quickly robert sanchez i wanted to call him roger sanchez who is an r&b singer right or something
1: i don't know who. who that is, is roger
0: sanchez i don't
1: oh, i'm gonna run through this quickly but hold on first i'm gonna go into yeah
0: tangent. but you know 4.5 <laughs> great price uh yeah. and i don't like brighton but you know they're they're good defensively for the most part and he's a good keeper uh, guaita you know same same as you just great value at 4.5 uh i've currently got kieran tierney at 5.0 one of these Arsenal players i have in my team is getting cut <laughs> i don't know which one yet but one has to get cut uh but tierney you know he offers a lot going forward. uh arsenal were good defensively last season we opened this season against brighton uh sorry brentford um and i just feel that that you know he's a he's a good option he's worth going for at that price if it was 5.5 or 6 maybe a bit too high but, but that's good i've got actually young at 5.0 so i i was racking my brains being like who's a left back for aston villa but i wasn't actually looking at the fpl website sure. so i just assumed young had been signed to be like a starter and i put him in my team at 5.0 because he's been pretty good for for inter milan and uh, had quite a few goals and assists last year so i thought oh yeah i'll go for that guy And then I realized, wait a minute, they've got target in cash. Like those are their fullbacks. So he's probably out. (laughs) He's probably going out for, um, for Luca Dean or something. I do think young could be an interesting one to look at because if he he's a, he's a utility player, right. If he ends up getting a run of games, like in midfield or like Mm. if, if target does get injured and he starts at left back quite a lot, like he's a guy who will offer something in attack. And, um, you know, if he's in midfield, he's out of position and you've got, Clean sheet potential there, so he could end up being a real value pick this season. It just depends on how many minutes he's actually going to get. Uh, I've got Alexander Arnold. Already talked about this. I'm probably going to Van Dyke, and I'm going to use that money to switch like Young into uh, into Dean or someone better. I've got Luke Shaw. He's very highly owned. He just seems like the obvious pick. Uh, I've got Salisu, who I've literally only got in the team right now because he's four point five, <laughs> and in order to get Trent, I had to spend more money. So. So yeah, um, that's why he's there. He's a placeholder. Someone else is going to come in. Probably someone a bit more expensive. I'm going pretty expensive with my defense, it seems, for the start of the season. But that's just because I think there are a lot of good options in that five to six range. Uh, but I may I may review it and change it. I've got Smith Rowe, 5.5. Already talked about this. I think he's potentially the best value player in the game. Maybe not going to be the highest scorer or anything, but he has, he has potential to do a lot this season. Uh, I've got Pepe at 7.5. Had a really good end to last season. And I think his goal scoring has has taken a step up. I'll probably I, I may get rid of him or I may just keep him for the first game of the uh the season and then take yeah. him out against Chelsea. um Smithrow is the season keeper for me unless he gets injured or unless he really underwhelms. but Pepe, I think is a lot more of a risky pick, and I could potentially go for someone else for that first that first week. uh sort of spread the risk a little bit and go for someone else. probably will actually because I don't have Buendia at the moment. I have Grealish. I think he's a really good pick uh, for for City. I will be following the team news and the the, the chat around the potential lineups, because if he's rumoured to not start, then I'll probably replace him with someone else. Got Harvey Barnes had no idea who was back. Sorry, scored the other day. Was you like, know
1: what? We were watching yesterday, and I was like, Barnes... Hmm. I'm sure Dan told me he was injured and he wouldn't be in and that's why he's not in my team. Yeah, right. And I saw Madison. I was like, wasn't Madison injured? All of these men not injured.
0: Yeah. I mean they have had like two months off, but <laughs> that's probably how they've recovered. But I I thought he was gonna miss the start of the season. I, I didn't realise he was gonna be back this soon. It must have been much longer ago he got injured than I thought because he had a <laughs> he had a big injury. But yeah, I saw he scored for Leicester the other day and I was like, Whoa damn, like he he had he looked really, really impressive last year. But yeah, I mean, Barnes, I think at 7.0, potential for really, really good value there. Yeah. He, to me, looked like Leicester's best player last season.
1: Maybe that's who I get in instead of Rafinha. Yeah. Rafinha.
0: Yeah, I, I think oh, well, i Have he...
1: got Ian Atcho. I don't want to load a up.
0: Get rid of Ian <laughs> I'll deal
1: with this in my own time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends who starts, right? But, like, Barnes, to me, just look. He looks like the guy who's going to be the next, like, big guy uh, the the big dog at, at the big man at Leicester and I can't help but go for my boy and I've got Salah um I mean obviously captain for the first week he's playing against Norwich I don't really need to explain it I am thinking about maybe going back to what I had before where I had Bruno Fernandes and Salah and I had taken a lot of cuts in other areas of the pitch <laughs> um I've got Ivan Tony again looks like potentially the best value forward in the game um maybe there are there are others but like I, I just i just like him as a pick at 6.5 it's a good price it's not like prohibitively expensive and i imagine he'll get a good few goals this season i've got danny ings pretty much the reason i've got got ings and like grealish and young is because i didn't want three i didn't want three villa players but i think if i'm removing pepe for example for for Buendia, They'll probably take Young out, and and then it'll be Ings and Buendia will be my two Villa players instead. And I've got Cavani, and I have no idea if he's going to start the season because basically the the rationale there was I need one United attacker. I need one that's definitely going to start. And I just felt like, you know, he fits the price, uh, the price structure that I have at the moment. But that's going to change. So that's my team. Probably about four players in there that are like definitely going, but. That's kind of the vibe I'm going for. I, I've at least kind of shared, you know, the guys who I'm backing this season uh, mm-hmm. to do well. And uh, Pepe is one of those, to be fair. I just don't, I want to see it. I want to see it confirmed. And I don't want to be holding him through Man City and Chelsea games. But anyway, let's do a clean sheet cut for the first first week of the season. A pretty simple game, you know, if you want to play along at home and, and, you know, get a spreadsheet out and, and try and compete against us in a game we're really bad at. Basically, just predicting one team to keep a clean sheet. And if you can predict a nil-nil, you get a bonus point. Uh d- oh,
1: I'd forgotten about that rule.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's high risk, low reward, to be honest. You're better <laughs> off just getting one team to keep a clean sheet. Um, do you want to go first, Natalie, for the, the first week of the season?
1: Yeah, I haven't thought about it at all.
0: I should say, of course, I mean, this is self-explanatory, but you get one point for getting one team who keeps a clean sheet. It's not like 0.5 points for that.
1: <laughs> you know what? Chelsea.
0: Chelsea against Palace. Yeah. With their new manager, Patrick Vieira, looking to make a an impression on the first day by scoring exactly as many goals as a Roy Hodgson team would. I mean, I feel like I should should do this just because it feels so wrong. And like I've I've gone so hard on Everton being bad and, and predictable and being the same every season, but an Everton clean sheet against Southampton maybe? Is that the one I'm looking for? It could be Leicester against Wolves. I think there's quite a few options here, but you know what? It's so hard when you have no reference point. Yeah. Like this is the the toughest thing about getting your team right for the first day of the season as well. Like I don't think preseason is a good reference point, and you have no idea what the form of these teams are. I'm gonna I'm gonna settle on Leicester. I can't go for Everton. It's too it's too dangerous. Too risky. Looking forward to the season starting. I'm hoping that I have like. A decent score for the first week of the season because you know, it could break me. I could, I, I may be really upset if it doesn't go well. But we'll see. Yeah, you
1: just want to hit average, really, don't yeah. you? Yeah,
0: you, you want to be in the mix from day one. <laughs> you don't want to be bottom. You don't want to be like the six millionth ranked or something. That that's not good, especially if you've actually spent time thinking about it because you know there's going to be some person who's just auto picked or just picked the names of like players they know of. Or yeah. players they like the name of and they're like first in the world and you're like, oh, this sucks. So yeah, you just wanna have a nice like, you know, minimum sort of sixty, seventy point score, get a few goals from your boys, get a, a captain who scores. That that's kind of what you want for the first week. But I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, uh it's been fun. It's been fun. We'll be back next week, I think. Um, probably a similar time. Uh I'm a little bit sad that we don't have every single game on TV anymore. Yeah. I it just it doesn't make sense to me yeah uh, i'm looking forward to the season nevertheless we should be back next week around a similar time and uh yeah you can email us at hello at the denalysis.com uh you can follow us on twitter at the and yeah best of luck to everyone
1: and join our league we have a league it's the same league uh the league code is in the description of this very podcast um i'll tweet it as well i haven't done that um That sounds smart. So
0: all the more reason world. to follow us on Twitter. Even though you could just look at our profile and not follow and, and copy the link. But it'd be much better if you followed.
1: Whatever you need. I actually even think our old league code is in the bio. So I need to change yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Nah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um best of luck everyone. We'll be back next week. I've been Dan, you've been Natalie. Um, um So I guess there's no other option but to say fancy responsibly everyone. Later is oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye.